hrgrapevine.com. It is the HR Grapevine podcast. Hello, everyone, and thanks for listening in today, Eric Niewerowski. This week, I want to talk about leadership, and I'm going to do it through the examples of good leadership and for poor leadership, and I'm going to lean on recent headlines within the news for that and to help me navigate how leadership has evolved in the last two years i'm bringing in our good friend kieran howells kieran how are you today hey eric i am good thank you how are you i'm doing well i'm excited to talk about leadership with you same um so you're a leader right some some would say yes (laughs) right what is your what would you say your key mantra or motto around leadership would be a long time ago uh, you know some i heard someone say that a good leader surrounds himself with people who are better than them right. and and i truly believe in that and i think that's what we've done with our team uh, i'm very very confident in the skills of everyone around me and uh, and i really enjoy the fact that uh, everyone's much better at what they do than I am, uh, okay. which leads, leads me to do the kind of the more dull stuff to make sure I'm just supporting everyone really. Great. Okay, good. Thanks for sharing that. Um, I appreciate that. So, um, you know, leadership has changed a lot in the last two years. Would you agree? Yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 100%. Okay. So there's been good leadership and there's some been examples of poor leadership. I want to just highlight some recent examples. I would say that everyone could agree would be poor leadership. And let's start off most notably with the right honorable gentleman, Jacob Reese Mogg. Um, I mean, there's so many like ways we could slice this cake, right? With him not being the best leader. But how would you recap what he's sort of done in the last week and a half, two weeks? Okay, I'll, I'll give a very brief recap and then i think i think i can shed a tiny bit of light on it okay Um, so i think he he's done something quite passive aggressive uh he obviously believes that public servants uh, who work within the government should be back at their desks full-time he doesn't believe in hybrid or remote working and so he's taken it upon himself to print kind of little slips that he's leaving on public servants desks saying, sorry, I missed you. Hopefully I'll see you again soon. It's very passive aggressive. Um, and it's definitely a way of making them realize that their presence not within the office is known. Right. Uh, and, and and I can give my own interpretation of where that comes from, Eric. And I Please. think that it, it comes from a place where he is a traditionalist in all aspects of life. Right. Um, you know, he, he believes in the suit and tie. He believes in, you know, nine to five um he believes in you know leaving your personal life at home and coming into work and doing your hours at your desk and in that sense if i'm completely honest i think he's a he's a dinosaur um right right about that there's a lot about that that just doesn't work anymore and i think he'll find that if he continues to treat people that way they'll find somewhere else to work that's that's my take on it yeah, exactly. Um, so he's, yeah, he's, he's very traditional. It kind of reminds me of that old, like sort of dragon's breath type leadership, mm-hmm. very focused on where the work is being performed and how maybe less so than, than the quality of it. Now, would you say, Kieran, this might be a no brainer, but um, would you say that this type of leadership doesn't really have a place anymore? 
Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I, I you know, I, calling him a dinosaur, I think sp- speaks to my opinions of, of, the right. man's, uh, of the man's ethics there. Um, it, it doesn't work anymore, does it? We, we cannot, there is not two, two humans inside every human. There isn't two personalities. You don't switch your personal life brain off and right. switch on your work life brain. It just doesn't work that way. And the last two years have proved that so acutely. And good leaders are embracing that. And actually, a lot of positive change can come from a leader appreciating the whole person and promoting the idea of actually bringing yourself to work or working where works for you around your life, around your children and your right. situation, your caregiving situations, especially. So, yeah, I, I absolutely think it's redundant. What about you? Um, yeah, I do think leadership has evolved a bit and it should have. Um, and we'll talk about like a good what a good leader looks like in a second. But I want to just highlight one more example of really poor leadership, if you don't mind. Yeah, go for it. OK, so on, so the Jacob Rees smog sort of type of leadership, that's not good for it being too too old school, right? Too dragon's breath to micromanaging. Okay. We can agree on that. This next example is also poor leadership, but in a different sort of way. And uh, sorry to spring this on you, but it came to mind as we were talking, I want to talk about the leadership at better.com. Do you remember what happened at better.com Kieran last December at the end of the year? Um, I think I do. Yes. It was all about kind of making people redundant without much notice, if I'm correct. And over Zoom, right. Vichelle Garg fired uh, 900 US employees over Zoom uh, right before Christmas. Now, this was an example of poor leadership because I personally think that it also shows a lack of empathy. Where would you think this leadership type went wrong? I think it's 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 very similar actually. Um it, it comes from a very different place, but I think the the root there is similar and that is not considering the whole person. You know, all of those people are human beings with lives who rely on their paychecks and mm-hmm. and maybe take a lot of pride in their roles. And not only did uh, that leader um you know put off a load of people who will then go and make sure that they are outspoken against the company elsewhere. Right. He put off everyone who's sticking around because they know that they're just not valued. You know, they're a number on a screen and he needed to join probably some financial dots up and he did it at the expense of the experience of people. And don't get me wrong, Eric, you know, making people redundant is a part of business. Right. It happens. It happens and it has to happen. but the way that you go about doing that is huge. It makes a huge difference. If you give people as much advance notice as possible, if right. you coach people through the experience and make sure that their well-being isn't impacted or is impacted as little as possible. I've, I've heard of some organizations that have had to make uh, widespread redundancies, putting together lists of companies that may have similar roles. Right. So, you know, that's a great example of actually caring about the people. And how much have we talked recently about the idea of boomerang employees? You know, we live in a world where talent is quite scant in certain roles and industries right you may want those people to come back and be singing about the you know the great things that you've been doing about the company because you may want them back as well Mm -hmm. so even from a business perspective you're shooting yourself in the foot i think okay well let's flip it let's talk about good leadership shall we yeah let's end it strongly what what makes a good 
leader to you, Kieran? Uh, there are a few absolute keys, I think. And the first one, unsurprisingly, is empathy. Yeah. Um, leading with empathy. I've already said seeing the whole human, seeing everyone as individuals with individual lives, with individual situations in the in the kind of the ideal world for a boss that only cares about the bottom line. Mm-hmm. Uh, workers are just robots and they're just not. And getting the best results out of people means um, you know, yeah, just seeing them as whole humans, being more flexible. Um, in fact, I, c- I can give a couple of stats to this, actually. So yeah, I, was do doing it. Of, um, I was doing a bit of research beforehand. I found a really interesting article by uh, Dale Carnegie Training. It's a leadership uh, okay. coaching company. Um, and they said that 88% of employees said that the best thing about their boss is that they value them. Yeah. Right. I, I think that's that's really interesting. But actually, 60% of workers said that their their current manager does value them. So there's a real disparity there between the amount of people who mm-hmm. have kind of felt what it's like to work under a good manager and the people who are currently under them. And then also I, I would, another thing I think is being really honest. So a lot of these companies that we've talked about here, they've made some really big mistakes and actually admitting that you are also just a human and that you make mistakes and that you may have seen something from the wrong perspective uh, and then taking in the employee perspective, I think is really, really important. And a mm-hmm. lot of good leaders have done just that and have held their hands up and said, you know, we're sorry, we've made a mistake here. We'll listen to you. Right. Um, so, yeah, I think, you know, empathy, listening and admitting when you've made the mistakes, being honest with your people are some of the keys there. What about you? What do you think of the kind of the absolute keys? I mean, honestly, you, you took my argument of empathy, but I would say a good leader is someone that is a human and lets their true self show. And that can display itself in a lot of different ways. But I think it's it's really trusting the people that work for you, letting them take risks, giving constructive feedback, and also allowing them to develop on their own. Right. Right. Exactly. Um, it's it, what you're describing is the opposite of micromanagement. Exactly. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Like I can just think of like, you know, for me, one of my best bosses was when I made the shift from producing content in a busy 24 seven news environment to a cushy, 15th floor corporate gig, right? I just remember that sort of dynamic. My new boss had had really believed in, in me and, and what I could do and what I could bring to his team, but also let me do it all on my own. And I remember I would, you know, say, you know, because I had a young daughter at the time, like, well, hey, I I uh I'm gonna leave a bit earlier. I'm gonna leave, you know, you know, I was being very like conditioned to be micromanaged. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And he did a great job of slowly breaking me out of that where one day I came into his office and he just waved his hands up and is like, I don't care. I don't care where you're working from. (laughs) I know that you're going to work. And if you don't do, you know, good quality work, we'll talk about it. And that just really broke it down for me. And I've always wanted to work for teams that had that same sort of leadership, you know, but also, also acknowledging the work-life balance where sometimes, you know, I mean, pre-pandemic, it was being able to work from home or work these flexible hours, but now all of that is super important. So with that in mind, then Kieran, my friend, who do you think is a good leader? Who, who exemplifies all of these qualities that we were just talking about? Sure. Well, okay. I'm going to start here with a caveat. Okay. And that is that, um, even the best leader externally 
the ones that we can shout about now have the capacity to turn into a bad leader. Also, Absolutely. It's very, very hard from the outside until the whistle is blown to see a toxic culture. Right. So I, I'm going to bring up someone who I, I very much admire, if, if in fact everything that I've read is true, and that is Dan Price. Okay. Um, he's an amazing leader. He, he has a tech company. They deal in finance. And in 2015, he raised the minimum salary uh, of the employees in his company to $70,000 and lowered his own wage to $70,000 from $1.1 right. That meant that everyone inside the company was earning a standard um, and, and, you know, and then from there, they could earn raises based on their, you know, their performance and everything like that. But it meant that everyone inside the company had a, a, a very solid wage to build on. So no one's, un, you know, below that breadline. And then from there, obviously, he gained a lot of recognition because especially in 2015, that was a very forward thinking way of looking at uh, your employees. Right. And I think since then, especially because of the recognition, because of the, um, you know, the, the attention that it's brought, he's really, really been thinking about his employee experience. Mm -hmm. And he's just an absolute spokesperson for everything we've discussed today. Yes. And, and by all accounts, his people uh, really value that. And I, I, I really want to mention one tweet that he sent recently because his Twitter page is a goldmine of good <laughs> leadership. Right. Um, and he was talking about the fact that, uh, you know, expenses have all gone up at the moment. So he said that sending your employees back to the office when gas, food, childcare, pet care, et cetera, et cetera, are all through the roof. And then not giving them a raise after they spent two years doing the job just as well from home is a great way of telling your employees that you don't care about them. I think that really that really sums it up and uh, and is so relevant to everything we've talked about today, Eric. Right. He's that like rock star CEO but not in the flashy sense. He would be almost like the Bob Dylan, right? Of CEOs, <laughs> right. right? I think I, I find him fascinating. So my, so my pick for exemplary leadership might come as a surprise to you, but it is Jane Frazier, who is the CEO of Citigroup. Right, okay. And this is comes as a bit of a shock to me personally to come up with this leader, because when you think about the uh, financial sector, you don't think about really progressive CEOs, right? You think of white men in very, very expensive suits. Um, Absolutely, yeah. And, you know, because you can look at many of the other CEOs of large financial corporations. So in Jane Fraser's case, she's relatively new to the role. And I think many, in much like in the way of Dan Price, she really kind of took an active listening and employee feedback and did, you know, it's, it was the little things in the pandemic, right? Zoom free Fridays, right? That was something that she had willed out to the group. Oh, so two weeks off, you know, to battle burnout. So this is a way of uh, keeping, I think, especially now people within the company, right? So let's talk about that real quick, wrapping up. Uh, how important, I mean, it seems like a no-brainer, Kieran, but how important is good leadership, especially now in this sort of war for talent? I mean, in terms of in terms of work life, it's pivotal. There's there's no, no company can succeed without a, a progressive leader, I don't right. think. Um, and and those that are gigantic traditional companies, 
the Goldman Sachs of this world, maybe, whose leaders uh, are potentially questionable based mm-hmm. on some of the the things that we've heard. They just see they'll see no end of scandal. They'll see no end of employees being you know sick and tired of the way they're treated. You know, ultimately having your employees on side on your side, believing in the company, having passion about what they're coming in to do. It's it's going to make your business more profitable. It's going to make everyone's lives better. And, you know, it's just, it's the future of work. Avoiding right. that or rucking against it is rucking against the tide. It's just not going to, it's not going to do any good. That's my view on it. No, I think that that pretty much sums it up for me as well. Let people take risks reward them if not give constructive feedback and always listen and 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 always you know empathy is a muscle right you have to continually work it out i just you know kind of realized this as we were talking not only have you given great insight from your journalistic sense but also from your perspective as a leader so thank you for sharing all of that with me today and thank you all for listening and i will talk to you again next week on the hr grapevine podcast